What is this? New policy. Flight got you nervous? Well, there's a problem, Lamar. I never did tell you about my son, did I? He's a big fan of yours. Just remember that I was as good as any and better than most. He wants to apply here. I could have gone up and back and nobody would have been the wiser. Unfortunately, my son's not all that they promised. But then who knows what he could do. For future reference, right-handed men don't hold it with their left. There is no gene for the human spirit. No one can stop you from crawling in a furnace and setting yourself on fire. This is Gattaca Spoilers. No. Gattaca! 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 Hello, everybody. This is your host, Stevie. And today, we are um, hosting a very special episode. Uh, Pap, who requested this up? This comes from Gail. Gail, as Spoiler Man says. Do you want to go ahead and read their opening question? Yeah. Gail said... Uh, her pick was Gattaca, 1997's Gattaca. Her opening question, what movie have you seen the most because someone else, teacher, sibling, parent, significant other, put it on or was watching it? How do you feel about it now? I was shown this movie four times during my public school career, anytime we were studying genetics, and still think about it every time I pull a hair off my shirt in public or prick my finger. Gail. I'm not going to lie. This movie would be annoying to take like a in class like a movie quiz to four times in public school i feel like that might be why our country's at where someone was pushing an agenda <laughs> at that school how many times do you got to see uma thurman get banged <laughs> upside down all right let's go ahead and go from weesis to esist hi this is Corey kylo ren memes i'm recording out of simi valley california and uh this question, I got a few answers for it because I had a lot of siblings. I still have a lot of siblings. I have less siblings than I once had, but I have a lot of siblings. So, a lot of boys. My brothers used to play a bunch of movies back in the 90s. Movies that I was kind of getting a little bit too old for, but they were on a lot in some cases. The two that come to mind the most are for my brother Nick. He used to always have Toy Story on, the first one, before the sequel came out. And Shrek. <laughs> mm. So I've seen a lot of Toy Story and Shrek. Those two movies are, you know, they're great in their own right, but they were never really, like, my thing. Like, I, I never actively put either one of those on, as far as I know. My little brother Tyler used to put on a lot of Godzilla movies. So I've Broderick seen... Godzilla? Less so. Okay. Japanese Godzilla movies mostly. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of Godzilla movies, but I've mostly seen the really shitty, like two ninety nine VHS tape Godzilla movies, like the oh, ones that are the like best. Godzilla versus Jet Jaguar. Those are like, Pap's are, favorite, dude. Those are awful pieces of shit. Or here's the best <laughs> one actually, because this is the single worst Godzilla movie ever made, including Broderick's. It's called Godzilla's Revenge. Mm, haven't seen that one. Dude, Godzilla's Sounds Revenge is a fucking ludicrous nightmare. <laughs> Could it be with a title like that? Godzilla has a son who talks. Pappy, 
Find a clip of Godzilla's son talking from Godzilla's Revenge and put it in here. Get him, Godzilla! Go on! He can't do that to you! Oh, go ahead! Well, here goes, ready or not! This guy sounds like a fucking idiot. He talks, <laughs> he shrinks down to a normal human size, and he's friends with a little kid. It's just absurd. <laughs> Everything you describe sounds amazing, though. Yeah, that sounds cool to me, so we're going to spoil that sometime. My last answer is a, a Power Rangers movie, but it's not the 1995 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. It was the horrible sequel to that. I hate this era of Power Rangers. It's called Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, which is the kind of like second gen Power Rangers where they get the cars. Is that with the white Power Ranger? No, no white Ranger in this one. That was like kind of still cool. This is when they have cars instead of Zords and their costumes look stupid, but they made a movie of this era. And the only good thing about this movie is the villain Diva Talks. And if you Google search her, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Are you sure it was Power Rangers that changed or did you change, Corey? No, trust me, it's bad. I still, I'll still, i still put on Power Rangers occasionally, the original. I ain't putting on no Turbo, though. Check out the Green Ranger Saga podcast, by the way. More on that coming soon, too. Uh, my turn? Sure. Uh, you guys remember Cable, right? Everybody used to have Cable, <laughs> and there was a channel called TNT, which featured movies all the time. And so, I don't know, when... It's like the weekend, your dad has control of the remote, so you end up watching a lot of whatever he wants to watch, and TNT <laughs> is heavily featured on the weekends the because there's channel. lots of, yeah, there's lots of action movies. Uh, so TNT, we got what? We got Bad Boys. We got- Tombstone. Tombstone. We got Air Force One. <laughs> the Rock. We got- Con Air. <laughs> the Rock. Con Air. You know, all of the face-off, all of the classics that are featured on TNT- Weekend and week out. Uh, pretty much the dad playlist. Uh, I've been exposed to those types of movies for a very long time. That's why I kind of like them a lot. But um, yeah, I, there's also a lot of comedy in those movies too. So <laughs> they're super cheesy. So uh, they definitely get a pass for me. It's like they had the rights to all Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might fall under like the same, I guess, studio house or something. I remember when I was a kid, though, TNT used to do Godzilla marathons, which showed all those old Godzillas, and they were the awesome. The Matthew Broderick one? No, <laughs> no, the good, the good bad ones. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is Pappy, recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I, The first one that came to mind, I may have told the story on the podcast before, but I was substitute teaching for Lalo Rallone at Concord High School, and for some reason, he he was like in the building but it was like a teacher's conference day. So he kept popping his head into the class, like checking on his class or whatever. But he was showing his class Frozen for some reason. Again, we're going Wait, back to public school <laughs> showing movies. Um, but the way I had to watch Frozen was he had five periods of classes. So I had to watch Frozen in like 45-minute increments, but on repeat five times a day for like three days straight and that is the most insufferable fucking way to watch that movie i saw mm -hmm. frozen so many times that week the second one i have i think i alluded to this on a big dumb movie podcast i did recently which may or may not be out 
a King and King Arthur's Court. It's not out. But um, <laughs> it's not out. It was a Mary Kate and Ashley movie because I had a little sister. And it was called How the West Was Fun. And <laughs> I've seen that movie so many goddamn times. And I remember there's a, a clip in the beginning where the neighbor across the the apartment complex is like clipping his toenails. And the guy goes, it's toenail clipping day. And I've seen that so many times. A, a lot of Mary Kate and Ashley in general, but How the West Was Fun stuck out. Yeah, you could put that quote on this movie in the intro credits. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good segue. All right, this is Stevie. Um, okay, I'll give like a school version and an outside school version. School version, it's pretty obvious. I'm sure Mikey knows this too. For years on end, Mikey and I were in choir and we watched Newsies at the end of every school year. Oh, yeah. Or even if it was just like Teachers for Sick Day, put in the Newsies. It's probably where my love of that movie comes from. Um, outside of school, though, I mean this in the best way possible. Like... My father-in-law is like one of the best people like I've ever known. And like he's taught me so many things throughout my life. But one thing that I will never go to him for advice for is movies. Um, he has pretty awful taste in films. Okay. It, 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 it is what it is. But Does he listen to the podcast? What's that? No. Very, very small chance. If you are, I'm really sorry. But um, <laughs> there is a movie that we share a bond over. And anytime I go over there, there's like a at least a 35 to 40 percent chance we're just going to put it on and watch it together. Because like we saw this movie like opening night, like in theaters when it came out. And it's one of those movies. And it also like when he got like an 80 inch TV is one of the first movies we watched on it. My father-in-law and I can watch Pacific Rim no matter what like time of year or day or the circumstances. It's just a great movie to have on in the background. Whether you're fully invested in it or not fully invested in it, it's just a great movie to watch. Yeah, I could see that. There's a lot going on in that movie. I've seen that movie so many times. I can't even describe it to you. But it never gets old to me. It's just a fantastic film. It's amazing. Guillermo, right? Guillermo del Toro. I mean, literally, Idris Elba got me to saw that movie in the trailer when he was screaming tonight, we're canceling the apocalypse. What a great fucking line. Today we face the monsters that are at our door and bring the fight to them. Today we are canceling the apocalypse. What a great line. But let's get into this movie, Gattaca. <sighs> I personally think it's amazing. I don't know about you guys. It's a little fast, a little slow, kind of confusing at times. But, Pap, how does this movie start out? Galaga. <laughs> Galaga. We talked about it, I guess, a little bit at the beginning. There is some toenail clipping, and the, the movie needs you to catch up, right? It's, a, it's the near future, and up to a point, there's not like a, a bunch of opening narration that explains things to you. We see Ethan Hawke. I think he's taking a drug test for his job, and there's a doctor marveling. At the size of his penis. The doctor is so impressed. Great dick. (laughs) With his penis. I don't know. It's interesting, right? Because it's the future, but it's like 1997's view of the future. So, I don't know if there's like an explicit year for this, but. It's like five years before The Matrix, it looks like, this movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like their version of the future. I think it's unique. 
I'm a big fan of his as well. The future that like I would expect for a 1997 movie would be more like The Fifth Element or something like um Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, more cyberpunky or maybe even like Back to the Future 2, right? Like crazy tech. Tech everywhere. Cuz you know, there's such a like a technological boom that started happening in the late 20th century. But this movie is like 50s future. Everything looks super 50s. The suits, like the mm-hmm. the little consoles they use with like lights and buttons and knobs. The cars look super old. I think this version of the future has a very unique and stylized aesthetic that works. The they call the uh, FBI agents Hoovers, which was like a very 50 thing. <laughs> the J. Edgar's. I I know you guys like this movie. I like this movie too. I got one big complaint though. Why does the future have the Mexico filter on it? And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Everything is yellow as shit when they're outside. Oh, Sicario? <laughs> it looks like Mexico. Like Mexico in movies, they put this filter on. I know exactly what... It's called the Tony Scott filter, Pap. That's what it's called. I think it's really ugly. <laughs> and it's, it does, it's not enough to ruin the movie for me. And, it, and again, it's only when, when there's like exterior shots, but I just don't, I don't get it. Why is it so yellow all the time? Is it possible it's a filter because they were shooting at night? I'm sure there's like some like Gattaca wiki answer where it's like the sun had actually increased in temperature, which is why they were doing extra planetary exploration. <laughs> but I don't know. It's a weird choice. I think it's like the, to give it like a sapia tone on top of it, right? So it kind of feels like older as well, like 50s style. That's my only thing I can think of. It has to be a choice, right? Someone decided to make it look like this. Yeah, I mean, they may not have gotten that right, Stevie, but like they did get a couple of things right, like the phone watches and the, the main conceit oh, of yeah. this movie, right? Which is something I'm actually like pretty terrified about is now in the future, you can genetically engineer babies and basically make custom babies, which has totally changed everything. Is that currently going on right now? Not to this extent, though. Like you can't pick the eye color, can you? No, but I think, like, you can make sure that they don't have any, like, serious diseases and whatnot. Can you give a baby six fingers on both hands? <laughs> it's like making a video game character. You can, like, pick. A- <laughs> I'm going to give mine a mohawk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Corey, this movie also starts off with, like, a super amount of narration and takes us through time of young Vincent's life. Kind of take us through that and kind of how his life is shaping up. Leading up to the point where we are. When he's young, before Gattaca? Before Gattaca! Well, Ethan Hawke is an actor I have a lot of respect for. It took some mm-hmm. time for me to get an appreciation for him. He's awesome. But I think he's amazing. Same. He's fucking amazing in everything I see him in. And like now I'm like maybe like overpraising him because like in my youth, I just thought he was a pretty face. You know, I saw a lot of pretty face actors back in the day that... Some I didn't respect enough. And then they became super great actors like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt was kind of always great. But Ethan Hawke's our man. He's doing the narration. He's talking about his young life before Gattaca, before like the plot is actually revealed. He was a natural birth. They don't call him natural. They actually call the other one natural. But he did not get any (laughs) custom genetics. He was uh, what they call a godchild or... An invalid, (laughs) which means just a regular person that's born. 
The scientist didn't say. A regular part of nature. Regular part of nature. So he's an invalid. He has like the potential for all of the natural things that come with a human condition, but including a heart condition that is highly likely for him. And it actually, he does have it because we see evidence of that later. So, you know, he's a kid that is kind of starting off on the wrong foot in this particular world because he doesn't have the advantages that everyone else does or that other people are starting to have at this time. And you really get the idea that this is kind of like the first wave of kids. And this is really what's shaping society, the decisions they're making with the genetic modification that's happening early on, the eugenics. Maya Rudolph, one of the delivery room nurses, by the way, in that scene. Maya Rudolph is in there? Her first movie. Wow. Oh, dude, I got to say this too, but the two guys that would actually give a shit aren't here. Casey Jones is Vincent's dad. Elias Cotius. That mm-hmm. is. You're right. I'll never understand what possessed my mother to put her faith in God's hands rather than those of her local geneticist. <laughs> ten fingers, ten toes. That's all that used to matter. Not now. Now, only seconds old, the exact time and cause of my death was already known. Neurological condition, 60% probability. Manic depression, 42% probability. Attention deficit disorder, 89% probability. Heart disorder, 99% probability. Early fatal potential. Life expectancy, 30.2 years. 30 years. The name for the certificate? Anton? No, um, Vincent Anton. This movie has an amazing cast of like random people, like Hank from Breaking Bad's in there Hank, at one point. Yeah, Hank's yeah. in there. Monk is in there <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Stevie, the funniest part of the movie though is when um, Ethan Hawke's brother is being born or like being conceived, being made. And, yeah, Casey Jones and his wife go to the geneticist, who happens to be black, and the, the, he's reading out like the um, there's it is kind of specifications funny. for him, and he's like ah. Yes, hazel eyes, you know, six foot two, lily white skin, white as snow, huh? <laughs> he gives them a smile. <laughs> Fair skinned child, you mm. see. Well, you can have a tan. I mean, we're not against it. You described him as pure white. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. You've chosen whole milk <laughs> as the tint. Interesting. We kind of didn't know you were going to be black, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My question to you guys, though, is like, what was the parents' decision to turn from, like, a child of God to, like, you know, perfectly made child now from, like, eugenics? Yeah, that was a little odd. Uh, I just figured they Isn't were that poor, odd? so that's why they didn't do it with Ethan Hawke. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe they... That was kind of my thought, too. Maybe like, they got scared at the the heart condition uh, percentile because they went all in on the second kid. That's the thing, right? It's like when this technology's real... It's going to be all the rich people having the genetically engineered babies, 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, even our current form of in vitro is a very expensive thing that not many people can afford. So, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, especially about the in vitro part. It's so unkindly expensive. But, I mean, that was kind of like the weird part to me is like, hey, yeah, child of God, like, even if they told me, you know, this, this, that, and the other were wrong with the kid, 
you know, live to be 32, whatever, like, that'd be like my ride or die child. Like, I would protect him at all costs and try to make him feel as normal as possible in a world where he's not going to be that normal. And then to give him a brother <laughs> that's like a perfectly engineered specimen was just such a weird choice to me. Did Andrew Nichols swim in high school or something? This movie is so into swimming in a way that you don't see in other movies. The brother mm-hmm. and him basically swim. Uh, they play a game of chicken to see who can swim farther. And it comes back a lot. Without dying. <laughs> right. Because uh, that's what Jude Law was into, right? That's what his character was doing. He was a swimmer as well. Maybe swimming is like, you know, NFL football, like in the future, Pab. Dude, I thought Jude Law was going to be his brother there for a second. And they were like, oh, he, he was a top class swimmer or whatever. I was like, is this going to be his brother? I know a lot of people like hate on narrations in the beginning of movies, especially like throughout long sequences. But I actually really love the narrating in this film. I think it does such a great job of, like you said, Pat, like playing catch up as a viewer. You know what I mean? Like one thing that this movie does well is it doesn't like spoon feed you everything at once. You kind of have to kind of have to be watching carefully and make your own assumptions. But I do like the way this narration sets up. And I think my favorite part of this movie, not my favorite part of the movie, but the shining part about this entire intro, especially after, you know, I still don't understand why he ripped his photo from the family photo and just walked away, but who knows? (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. What's the symbology there? That's a weird shot, wasn't it? He beats his brother in in the chicken race or whatever, and he's like, fuck this family. I don't need him anymore. But I can't remember the exact line, but when he's going through, like, um, you know, janitorial duties at the company and trying to, like, figure out where he fits in in this world and just trying and trying and realizing he's never going to get there, that scene where he's cleaning the roof and, like, the rocket takes off, and I forget the exact line, but I think Ethan Hawke says something along the lines of, like, I've never felt further from my dreams than where I'm standing right now. What about you, Your Majesty? You're dreaming of space? Come here. You have to start by cleaning this space right here. I was never more certain of how far away I was from my goal than when I was standing right beside it. He's got such a good voice for the narration, too. He does. It's perfect. That's what I was talking about earlier, about like respecting him as an actor. Like His, his voiceover narration, I mean, he even does that in Great Expectations, which is an inferior movie overall. But goddamn, that Ethan Hawke voiceover, you know? Because it's kind of like a heartbreaking voice. It's, you know, he's... You know, he's obviously surviving his heart condition and he's trying to make it as far as he can in this world. But because of like where he wants to be and, you know, society of like jobs that will accept him, it puts him in this terrible place. I love the head janitor to Ernest Borgnine. I think that's how you say his last name. He's like mm-hmm. a big time, like 50s era actor starting the best picture winner Marty as Marty. Uh, I think he was one of the wild bunch like. Is it all these like little characters, especially the ones who like Ethan Hawke, Vincent? Um, I don't know. Just great casting all around. I also thought, I mean, I'm sure it's prosthetics and obviously like look and baggy fitting clothing, but 
changing him over time, I thought was a really strong part of this movie. From like the Vincent that we get with Ethan Hawke to what he eventually turns into was that was pretty neat. Even that uh, teen kid that they had looked a lot like him. Yeah, and sounded a lot like him. You know, I miss the days of uh, like casting a younger version of someone that like looks like them a lot. You know, like that. I feel like they just kind of use the same actor a lot nowadays. Or you know, there's always the de aging option, but mm-hmm. the transition was pretty natural between the young version of him and Ethan Hawke. And I think it has mm-hmm. to do with like they got the exact hair color and mm-hmm. style to be like face structure one to one. Exactly correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Mikey, Ethan's character is Vincent is kind of at his wits end. What's his like next option going forward? To like progress to his dreams to getting off Earth and having a heart attack in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like eugenics has shaped society in a way that like you're just predetermined to have whatever level of success that your genetic code enables you to do. So like if you have a serious illness or disease, you're probably not going to get a very prestigious job. Somehow Uma Thurman is is pulling that off, right? She has a heart condition. Yep. Uh, she has a pretty good job, but Vincent wants to be uh, a flight navigator and go to, what is it, Saturn? Saturn's like 14th uh, Titan. moon, I think. Yeah, Titan or something. So he wants to go into deep space, and that's a year-long trip, but of course he has this heart condition where he's like already past his expiration date, apparently. Uh, but he still ha- he still believes in the dream. And so his only option is to become, oh, what do they call it? They call it a degenerate or degenerate. a, a <laughs> something ladder, step ladder or ladder climber or something. Something like that. Ladder yeah. climber. But it's basically just committing fraud with, with another person who is of higher genetic value uh i guess it's just like if that person is like seriously injured i don't know what else they would use it for but like this person is seriously injured they can't really uh fully fully commit to like their job like like they they can no longer perform the job that like their genetic code enables them to do or whatever so they just offload the work onto someone else they're five fiver for it's fiber for your genetic code or whatever uh but yeah this is all ethan hawk is like this is the only way he's able to ever even step foot in gattaca other than be a a janitor is to like commit fraud with with um jude law do you guys think jude law and ethan hawk look alike like enough to pull this off they do when you Photoshop their faces together. To yeah, when you combine picture. them, it's pretty cool. <laughs> the picture of Jude Law, supposedly of Jude Law, is just, you can see it's like a, a mish, mishmash of their faces. At least that's my interpretation of it. I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah, when your corporate ID card is the fucking Kubrick stare, everybody looks pretty similar. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Monk is running the best scam in the business. Like They don't even like, they kind of yada yada like how he got in touch with Monk. Uh-huh. But it's like he leases the equipment to him and then takes 25% of everything Ethan Hawke makes, which he must be making fucking bank. He's splitting it between all these people. He's still living really well. Mm-hmm. Oh, he just marks it up too, like while he's doing the procedure. He's like adds an extra 5% for no reason other than he can. 
So began the process of becoming Jerome. Myopia is one of the most obvious signs of a disadvantaged birth. Isn't there another way? Uh, surgery's no good. You'll see the scars. It's contact lenses or a white cane. Besides, the color doesn't match. He's right. My eyes are prettier. You understand I take 25% of everything you make. If for some reason it doesn't work out, all this equipment must be returned within seven days. And you don't get your deposit back. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you said 20%. It's only 20%. It's not negotiable. He's a shyster, that dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can say that about Monk. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Pap, I have a question for you. Yeah. Because I, like, connected with a really strange part of this movie. I don't know if you do, too, but you know that part where he's cleaning his keyboard? Like, in the very beginning? Mm-hmm. I must do that at least, like, four times a day in my office. So I work from home, and there I'm looking at my keyboard now. There's a thin layer of pap grease on my keyboard, <laughs> dude. Like when <laughs> he's like sucking up, like you know, like the I guess it's like dead skin he got from um, what's his face uh, from Jude Law, and like you know, like brushing it up and cleaning it. Like I'm doing that at least four times a day at my office. I don't know why, but when he was like cleaning it in the beginning, I was like, oh, I do that. But his were for obviously much different reasons. Dude, if you're Ethan Hawke, you got to shave your head. You know what I mean? Like, just pull yeah. off the Joe Rogan look. Every hair is a liability. It's too stressful what he's doing. He has to maintain too much. Like, his constant scrubbing yeah. and shit, that gave me anxiety, man. Just like, he scrubbing cannot his dead have skin. one flake of dead skin like come off of his is body. He <laughs> Is he getting his balls with the same rock he's scratching his face with? <laughs> Dude, there's one point where Jude Law hands Ethan Hawke a bag of pubes. It's clearly pubes uh, that he shaved God, God. <laughs> to like sprinkle Glue around this the to office. your fucking dick. Yeah. Walk around. Found some pubes in his keyboard. It's definitely his. <laughs> yeah, Craig, I'm looking at it right now, like the mishmash like face between like the two. Like when it says like valid on Vincent or whatever his name is. What is his name? Uh, is it Eugene? Yeah, he changes his name. He changes it when he's no longer going to be Jerome. Yeah, and it's kind of a funny composite when you like combine the two, but it's almost like he could skate away with it. Oh, yeah. Corey, what's like the big kind of like send-off of the movie that sends everybody into a panic? What really accelerates this movie's like plot? Well, the scam seems to be working pretty well, right? So we have... Vincent, our main character, who is an invalid, posing as a valid, so he can work at basically the equivalent of this movie's NASA. His dream, his lifelong dream, is to go into space. That's why he's doing this. Jude Law, on the other hand, is doing this because he probably can't get a job in his position, and this will pay his bills. Yep. So, the job is going well, everything is fine, you know, Vincent has his system to remove hair and to leave fake hair and to not leave any flakes. He has it down pretty well, but of course, naturally, uh, a mistake is made when he inadvertently leaves behind an eyebrow while simultaneously observing... What a dumbass. A crime, Stupid son of a bitch. A crime scene. Someone at this facility was murdered, 
which is a big reason why he gets busted. It's not just leaving an eyelash. That would have probably just got swept up by the custodial staff. It happened to be that there was a murder in this building completely unrelated to him. And that's where the eyelash is left. So now we have actual investigators here, like in 50s style, like hats and suits. And eventually they do find this eyebrow and realize that there was an invalid somewhere nearby. Stevie question, how big of a prick was this director who got murdered? Because not a single person in Gattaca mourns his death for a second. Like, they're basically like <laughs> high-fiving over it. Like, everyone's a suspect. Everyone had Hey, Boris Johnson, he got, he got murdered. Come check this out. <laughs> Sick. Who wants beers? Finally. But, um, <laughs> like, a director like that probably wasn't well-liked by more than a few people and those who did really like him aren't going to mourn him in front of a ton of people because a lot of people probably didn't like him and for people that are trying to be genetically superior and all that kind of shit they're probably not to try to show any weakness but I mean I have a couple questions on this topic especially with the detectives as well but did anybody get the feeling that Ethan Hawke had anything to do with the murder at all in the movie uh no or was it pretty clear and concise that this guy was pretty in the clear? I thought it would have been a bad reveal if it had turned out to be him and it was just a trick of the audience. Like, the movie is tricking the audience only. I thought that yeah. would have been weird. I'm glad it wasn't that. I don't like the reveal of the guy, of who it was, though. I didn't think that was very good. I thought it was going to be Uma Thurman. Same. That would have been better, yes. Like, that's what the movie's, like, setting up, almost. Was she a, a, a degenerate as well? Or degenerate? No, she, she got just, the job. But she had a she had a heart condition though, right? She, she just did. couldn't go into space. She couldn't go into hers. She had a minor heart condition. So like the the new director or whoever it is, the guy in charge says that occasionally some people with like lesser qualities will slip through, but they don't get as good positions inside the company. So you're led to believe that she's one of them. She's like there in that scene as well. Like, she's running on the treadmill. So, they lead you to believe it's her. And then she's, like, dismissed from the treadmill. So, I think that's the reason that she's there. Like, she's she is superior in that way, but she has a problem. And to her, it's, like, the biggest thing in the world. But she still has something like 30 years left of life. And where Ethan Hawke's character, Vincent, he's supposed to be already dead. I think, like, your mileage may vary with the um, designed, valid children right because i think that's what the drug test doctor was talking about with his son at the very end of the movie he says something effective that it didn't turn out the way he had planned um but he's really hoping that ethan hawk or it can be like an inspiration for his son which again speaks to like if the drug test doctor knew ethan hawk was committing fraud this whole time the fact that he doesn't turn him in when he's like the prime suspect in a murder, everyone's just like, fuck this director. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care that you did it. <laughs> Jerome, good on you. What a way to get taken out, too, with a fucking keyboard. So there's no chance that Jude Law was his son. Jude Law's British in the movie, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, his mom could have been British. Mm. Oh, so he's just one of those annoying kids who has a British accent, even though he lives in, like, Indiana? Even though he lives in the States, <laughs> he still holds on to it. It's like, dude, why are you talking like that? <laughs> 
and the way he knows it is because Jude Law. I'm going to screw this up. He's a lefty, mm-hmm. but he's pretending he's a to be a righty. Mm-hmm. And when he pees in the cup, he holds his wiener with his left hand. <laughs> I'm, dude. I, I, I think that's I'm, everybody. That's that's a tell. Everybody knows that one, Pap. You got to You got to respect the I'm wiener. I'm fucking hold. ambidextrous. I had no idea this whole time because when I'm at a urinal. I am securing my cell phone in my right hand, leaving my left hand to spray where it may. You know? <laughs> easy tell. Is that true? Like, are you guys all right-handed? Do you always... I don't even think about how I hold my cock. I'm just kind of like holding down the underwear, and it's not like I'm going to miss. I use two hands. <laughs> yeah, I oh, got okay. it. It's too hard to hold this hog up. can barely keep it under control yeah. as is. Hey, now. Corey, who are um, our detectives on the case? Well, uh, one of them's uh, the dad from Edward Scissorhands. What's his name? Alan Arkin? Mm-hmm. And I get the feeling that Alan Arkin is a seasoned detective, but happens to be an invalid. Like, this whole genetic thing is probably, Same. like, before his time. So his boss is, like, 25, and he's, like, 50 or <laughs> <laughs> Which has got to be an annoying fucking thing. See, I thought I, I saw it as opposite. Okay, go on. How so? I saw the boss as being older than him. He just didn't show it because of his superior genetics. Because mm. like he kept calling him sir and treating him like he was like a lot older like than he was. But that would have had to meant that Ethan Hawke is older than Alan Arkin. Yeah, that's true. Oh, he's the older brother. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's a good point. So, yeah, it's probably just a status thing. But, yeah, I saw Alan Arkin, too, as being an invalid. And <laughs> it makes sense at the end. He's so grumpy, and he's right 100% of the time. He's got this, like, stupid, valid boss who's 25, you know, not really listening to anything he's saying. Yeah, and at first you're like, what, this young guy, like, you, you kind of are – on his side because you don't want Vincent to get busted. You're like, yeah, listen to him. You know, like, just, that's how I felt. But really, Alan Arkin is the intelligent one in the bunch. Like he's he he would do all the right steps to get this guy caught very early on if his suggestions were followed. And you don't realize this is the first time. Um, but the brother, the valid, the young kid or the younger detective we were talking about, he knows basically right away that this is his brother. Right. And even to the point where I think it's like pretty early in the movie, he kind of covers for him where he's like, I already did a family scan or a family scan. Uh, no one. Yeah. No living relatives. Right. So that's him covering for his brother at that point, which is really interesting on a rewatch. Oh, I guess I didn't notice that. Yeah. He was purposely like misleading everybody the entire time. He has the biggest reaction to the photo of Vincent. Right. So it shows the photo of Vincent and his face is like utter surprise. But again, it's kind of a rewatch thing. You get that on the rewatch, not the first time. Can I ask a slightly off-topic question? Yeah. Why does Uma Thurman scan Ethan Hawke? Like, what's her motivation for doing that? It's pretty early on in the movie, like in this part where we're talking about Jealousy. She wanted to take him down? Like, she suspected him? I think so. I don't think so. You don't think so, Corey? I think that's how people figure out who they want to date. If they're connected to murder or not? No, she was doing a, a medical history on him or something. I think she wanted to see if like his genetic package checked out so that she could be like, all right, now we can pursue a relationship. Because like the woman next to her was doing something similar with a guy she had just kips- kissed. That sounds about right. DNA off of her lips. 
And then in that booth right next to her is Uma Thurman kind of doing the same thing. So I think the movie's trying to tell us it's like, this is how people seek a relationship. But like in this world, though, it wouldn't matter, though, would it? Because everything's going to be artificially engineered anyway. I think this is so woven into their society, like it's factored into every aspect of your life. I got you. I saw this TikTok about people in Iceland, and there's so few people there that basically like when you go on a first date with someone, you do this to see if you're related. And, like the joke in it was like, there's like an app. Oh, the it. app? Yeah. yeah. That was the joke in um, Eurovision, Pap. <laughs> with their cousins. Yeah. <laughs> if they're like cousins, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, Uma Thurman's feet look so great. There must be genetically altered <laughs> <laughs> engineered to be perfect. <laughs> disgusting. I get it that it's the future, and I get that they have a different sort of society and the way they conduct themselves. It's way more formal. And it's extra weird because Ethan Hawke married Uma Thurman, and they met on the set of this Mm -hmm. movie and had kids. But I think they have no chemistry. I feel like they have negative chemistry in this movie. I find it very weird. Isn't that the purpose of like all futuristic movies, though? But you would think it'd be like about their humanity, right? Like they just want to like bang in a closet because it's they want to do it the natural way i also like on one of the descriptions that i read of this movie is like this is like a sexy movie and i was not getting sexy anywhere like <laughs> well, it's visually very... <laughs> it's sexy just not a lot of sex they were talking about you law alan arkin alan arkin and his young boss <laughs> yeah i don't know what's going on with uma thurman in this movie but I think the problem with their relationship dynamic is her. Ethan Hawke is great at this movie. He sells everything. But I don't know what is going on with Uma Thurman. Like, what is she? What? I I got nothing for Uma Thurman. What does Uma Thurman want, Stevie? What does she want? Other than Ethan Hawke. (sighs) I mean... Which isn't even that clear from the movie. I don't know, man. I would, like... If I worked in the same place as like Uma Thurman's character, what's her name, Irene? Mm-hmm. Like I would not trust her for five seconds. I'd be like, she's snitching to upper like to management like every other day. Yeah, she kind. Like, I don't. I, that's how she strikes me. Is like she's the one you don't tell like any secrets to or any like fun situations about. It's like nope, she's gonna write to corporate and it's game over. You know what it is, Stevie? It's because we've watched Andor and she kind of has a Deidre vibe. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly like that. It's like it's like the last person you tell like like something to in the office because you know it's just gonna go to cor- straight to corporate. Palpatine's gonna be hearing about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if if you guys go to IMDb and look at the movie poster, like who is that supposed to be? That's supposed to be Uma Thurman and who? Who the fuck is that? Dude, that's not. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the exact same thing. Is that supposed to be an amalgamation of both? Jude Law and Ethan Hawke, or what is that? That's the most fucked up poster I've ever seen. That is a young that looks like James, James Franco. Franco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that looks like Spider Man James Franco. It's <laughs> yeah. a very young James Franco. That's bizarre. It also looks like it's drawn or whatever. It doesn't look like a photo. I used to hate this thing with like '90s movies when I was a kid, and like the DVD cover slash poster, where it had the name over the wrong person. Dude, thank you. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. the shit out of me. <laughs> that's Uma Thurman. That's who that's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this does bug me. This is wrong on two levels now. I hate this. And, like, this is from a time, too, where, like, 
not every movie poster was just like computerized and made through Photoshop. Like this movie could have had a brilliant movie poster around this time. Yeah, this is a real bad one. I'm sure there's an amazing fan made like Gattaca movie poster out there because there's no excuse to have this bad of a movie poster. Yeah, do something with like the DNA. Something. The Blu-ray one is better. Well, I, I'm seeing that that's what the stair is supposed to represent. The stairs in the and Jude Law's house is kind of like almost half a helix. It's not a double helix, but it spirals up. They kind of make that apparent in the movie poster, yeah. but it still looks like shit. I like that though. I mean, they make it pretty apparent from the get-go. Like the, the four bases of DNA are going to be highlighting everybody's names. And the name Gattaca is all the four bases. Yeah, when Uma Thurman's reading out uh, Ethan Hawke's, I guess Jude Law's DNA sequence, it just spells like Gattaca over and over and over Happy, I have a question for you. Mm. I know you didn't like the chemistry between Uma and um, Ethan Hawke. What did you think of um, his chemistry with uh, Jude Law? I actually really like it. They have a complicated relationship. Jude Law at the beginning of the movie is a heavy drinker, maybe like even borderline alcoholic, to the point where he's providing you know, blood and urine samples for Ethan Hawke and all of the urine samples you are providing are contaminated with, with alcohol. Uh-huh. Jude Law grows to be proud of Vincent, Ethan Hawke, right? I feel like in a lot of ways that brings them closer together and it culminates at the end when they're doing the old switcheroo uh, with the detective. Mm-hmm. The one thing I, I don't know, and this is the end of the movie. This is spoilers. It's a little sad that Jude Law like still wants to kill himself, and maybe that's the movie like saying that like he had the suicidal tendency that they couldn't take away from sequencing DNA, and maybe that was like derived from getting second place at the Olympics. But I don't know. Like it would have been nice to see Jude Law, you know, wheeling out to see mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke fly up into space and like you know crying like you know now my life has purpose. You know, I've given this guy purpose by participating in this well, I think that was a culmination to the end was his his purpose was done so he's just gonna kill himself because he's in a wheelchair now like dude did you see how many vials of jizz he gave <laughs> Ethan Hawk he's he's depleted <laughs> yeah. you can't give him any dude, that wasn't ounces that was gallons <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Hawk comes back and immediately knocks over that fridge <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> Dude, I don't know, Stevie, there's this, like, movie that Amelia Clark was in, Me Before You, and it came out a couple years ago, and it's kind of like the same plot where she's, like, the the nanny for this guy in a wheelchair, Yep. and yep, yep, he's, yep. So, he's so depressed that he's in a wheelchair that he just, like, wants to kill himself the whole movie, and, like, people in, like, I don't know, the disabled community were kind of like, that's kind of fucked up, that <laughs> he has no life now that he's in a wheelchair, like, I... I don't know. I w- like I said, I wish Jude Law didn't get fucking toasted. <laughs> the cut, though, <laughs> with the rocket ship blasting off was funny. I actually really liked it. <laughs> Would you prefer it if he wheeled himself out to the beach and tried to swim? No, no, no. No more oh, swimming. Geez. I don't need any more swimming. No more swimming. Movie. Like I said, Ethan Hawke has been obsessed with watching rockets this whole movie. If 
it's like that rubbed off in Jude Law in some way. And he wheels himself out there and watches Ethan Hawke's ship go up. Like we did it, Jerome. I mean, I don't. I know it sounds cheesy when I'm saying it, but no, I I liked that aspect of the movie where like Jude Law was like actively rooting for Ethan Hawke's character. Mm-hmm. And not like holding disdain towards him in any way. I thought that was really neat. That was a cool relationship. His arc is from nihilism to purpose. His purpose mm-hmm. is helping Ethan Hawke. For for him to end it in nihilism by killing himself is just weird. I don't I don't understand. Yeah, because like wasn't in the beginning the purpose is for like Jude Law to also benefit from the situation where like he still gets a cut of whatever Vince is making from taking his identity. So like he's mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, he kind of opted out of that deal pretty pretty early on, I guess. And he says he gave him two lifetimes of supplies. And, like, how's this dude given two lifetimes of piss and blood? <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a lot to give over a 24-hour period, you know? He's, like, all, like, passing out and, like, white in the face. <laughs> He's shriveled up. <laughs> Here it is, seven pints of blood. <laughs> He's like fucking E.T. when he's all white and shit, like all fucked yeah. up and just disheveled. <laughs> I do like, though, that uh, that Jerome, who is Jude Law, like, he was one of those perfectly engineered people, right? He had everything going for him, like above average intelligence, physical prowess, even better than 2020 eyesight. Black man's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the genesis at the beginning is like, you got one thing, right? <laughs> and yet he got silver instead of gold in the Olympics, and that just defeated him. Like, he doesn't have, like, the indomitable will that Vincent has, right? To, like, always keep going, to, like, never mm-hmm. give up. Like, he did his best, and he got silver, and he's like, that's it. I'm going to fucking kill myself. And that, that information is revealed in pieces throughout the movie, which is also good. But, you know, I like that aspect of him. He is a complicated dude. Yeah, in the end, it's revealed that Vincent is just straight up fucking built different. I mean, he's got that (laughs) fucking dog in him. He's... Yeah. (laughs) He never gives up. It ain't the size of the dog in the fight. The size (laughs) of the fight in the dog. Dude, I have thought about that, though. Even outside of the context of this movie, when... Not an if. When natural birth becomes this genetic engineered babies like the olympics are gonna be fucking insane dude like it's gonna be like basically formula one right it's like more a competition of technology at some point and those kids are gonna be well fucked i I mean isn't there already some level of that kind of thing going on i mean you can only get so far before they i mean they're gonna do tests on you throughout your entire life if you're going into the olympics like you're gonna be fucking genetically tested i'm sure like they're gonna know what's up with you so i mean there's that base layer already in this kind of stuff i would imagine but yeah you're right thinking about like what he wanted to accomplish like maybe he's just like putting a lot of people's lives at risk he's like the fucking driver of this this rocket apparently and he could have a heart attack at like any fucking moment <laughs> just crash into titan shit you're right dude kappa would have never done this you know so maybe that's why they have this gattaca facility that's what maybe that's why or maybe that's why they have this genetic engineering they've tried they're they're really trying to explore space but they just gotta be as safe as possible that's a good point so, money. no 
genetic anomalies. Dude, as soon as that rocket goes off, Elizabeth, it's the big one. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> Stevie, that's my new pitch for this movie. He doesn't kill himself. He wheels himself out to watch his buddy blast off into space, and it's just a fucking Challenger explosion. It's a Challenger. <laughs> oh, <over> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked His art, up. He couldn't take it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> now that's a movie. Shit. The funny thing would be is if they didn't realize that he was faking it the entire time and he just set back the Gattaca program by decades. Because it's like, if his heart couldn't take it, no one's can. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> We're never getting off this rock. He fucking dooms humanity. <laughs> Do you think the other director, I'm looking at IMDb, director Joseph, I don't know if they ever say that. The guy who's like, who murders? Who does the murder? The murdery man? Gore Vidal. Do the you murdery think, man? Do you think he knew about Ethan Hawke? Because he seems like he would compromise anything. There's like a couple times like Ethan Hawke's like typing on his computer and like this director's just totally despondent. He's like, is this the course we talked about? And it's just a really weird line. I got the sense like on the second watch that he may have known. I think he knew that he was an invalid but just doesn't care. He just doesn't care because he saw, he was kept talking about that window and maybe the other director brought it up that something's not right with this guy. And so that's why he killed him. Uh, and he just wants to get the mission done at any cost. He says they have a window once every 70 years. And this is an old dude. You know, he's not going to see number two. So he just wants to get this done. So that's a possibility. I like that it asks that question and doesn't answer it. Something's not right. He's not here. It's a blind alley. No, we missed something. I say we test again. Test? I cannot allow you to disrupt operations any further. You're not at all concerned about having a murderer in your midst? Right now, your presence is creating more of a threat. The window for our latest launch is open for seven days once every 70 years, so it's rather crucial we leave on time. Mission means a great deal to you, doesn't it? And your late colleague opposed it, didn't he? Take another look at my profile, Detective. You won't find a violent bone in my body. My apologies, Director. We won't trouble you any further. Mikey, there's uh, not... Go ahead. Uh, Sorry, I'm reading IMDb again. The tagline is, The Prisoner... His cell. What? What? Interesting tagline. Cell? His cell. Like a play on words? Cell, cell? The prisoner, his cell. That's not a good tagline, though, because you don't know it's a play on words based on the tagline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a weird one. Who's the prisoner? Jude Law? I don't know. The prisoner, his cell? I would imagine they're referencing Ethan Hawke because it's his cell. he's, He's a prisoner of his own genetic... Uh, of his own genetic code mm. deficiencies just a spoiler for the end of the movie that the director ends up in a cell the director the murdery director oh not andrew nickel no 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 <laughs> <laughs> he's uh wanted for crimes <laughs> dude i will say three movie club andrew nickel um in terms of writing truman show this lord of war pretty good resume it is some cool stuff i think there's a million writers out there that would take that resume in a heartbeat you wrote in time that's a kind of i kind of like that as a sci-fi yeah, movie in time. that wasn't bad i kind of like it too it's all right this has got to be bullshit but his upcoming in imdb is monopoly the movie centers on a boy from the game's modest baltic avenue on a quest to make a fortune <laughs> <laughs> starring no. kevin hart get the fuck out of here <laughs> No, you're lying, Pap. Where is that? I don't see that at all. What are you talking about? Is Kevin about? Hart the Monopoly man? 
I swear to God, expected July 9th, 2027. So that, that 2027? Like if Kevin Hart says, do not pass go, I will lose my mind. Tim Story is directing. <laughs> He's, he did the Fantastic Four movies from the 2000s. Oh boy. Wow. Kevin Hart's like judging a beauty contest. It has to pay uh, income tax. That sounds <laughs> terrible. I guarantee you there will be a sign that says free parking. That's never getting made. Mikey, I have a question for you. There's not a lot of weak parts I don't find in this movie. One part that stands out to me, though, is just kind of... Kind of out there is when Ethan Hawke just beats the shit out of a cop and runs. Mm. This sequence is weird. Well, also the lead up to that is also kind of weird because Alan Arkin is like, listen up, boys, we're looking for an <laughs> invalid. Don't move, see? <laughs> yeah, yeah, drop your pants. Uh, Dicks out, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're taking samples. Yeah, that whole lead up is pretty weird. And then... Yeah, like you said, Ethan Hawke just, um, I feel like he doesn't even need to punch that guy. I feel like he was kind of- He needs to do that. He a run. Push him over. I don't know. Something just, but I, I, I like this movie. It's just got like some, I, I don't know. It, I feel like there's, hmm, it's really hard to describe because I'm like watching the trailer now and it like looks goofy in the trailer because- there's like no CGI. Everything is practical, which I, I like. I like about this movie. Everything is practical, but it it's like 97 practical. It's 1997 practical. So it's like almost a little cheesy in that way, but I don't I've never seen anything like this movie. That's the thing, is like it still looks great, and I like how they interpret the future. Uh, but it does have its own sense of cheese surrounding this movie, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The murder is the biggest deal in town. Like they're doing like checkpoints on the road for this, and I don't, I don't know. I think the movie would have really helped to show the degenerates are living a life of like total inequality, right? And there's going to be a ton of poverty if yeah, that's like never shown. If you're a godchild, right? Yeah, and if you're like. In that case, then, they would have to say something like, uh, a valid was murdered. This is a big deal. We're calling in the Hoovers or something, right? Like, they need to, like, build up this murder to the point where it makes sense that they're doing all this shit to catch the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the unfortunate part about this movie, too, is, like, I understand it's not about a murder. It's a murder mystery, but I still feel like the murdery man was kind of a letdown. I think it's, it's part to, like, send a message about uh, this society that is created off of eugenics in this movie. Because this movie asks a question of basically what impact can technology have on a society? And in this case, with the technology they implement, it creates a huge underclass of people, right? So they're supposedly the inferior and the superior. And one of the superior, who doesn't have a violent gene in his body, has committed a murder. So I think they're saying... All right, this guy who is supposedly superior actually is not, right? This whole premise is bullshit that we've been operating off of. Because, sure, he doesn't have a violent bone in his body, but he'll still just kill him 
so that he can do the things that he's pursuing, right? To kind of like achieve his drive so he can get this launch done. So his ambition is still a factor. Mm-hmm. When they say no violent bone in his body, like they can genetically encode, like that that's part of uh, the genetic uh, abilities that they have. They can, I don't know. Was that, I thought it was just like disease, disease uh, level type stuff. Uh, are they able to do like, attitude and whatnot or yeah i guess they are able to adjust to like a more reasonable personality type because they say mm-hmm. that with uh, ethan Hawke's character vincent when they're like doing his profile on his invalid actual dna they say he is prone to violence mm. but the murdery director gore vidal vital whatever he, he he couldn't have been a valid right like the timing wouldn't work I don't know. They play it like he is because he makes a comment about like, I don't have any violent gene. You can run me again. Maybe he was like the beta test. But he's like 70 years old. And Ethan Hawke at one point, like name drops a 97 Buick for why he has those scars, which just really throws me off. 99 LeBaron. Yeah. I think they did mess with their own timing on that. Yeah. Pap, what'd you make of the, uh, the brother reveal at the end? Um, the brother reveal, I guess right before that, just to set it up a little bit. So the detective takes Uma Thurman to go visit Jerome, who he thinks is Ethan Hawke, at his apartment. And then there's an extended sequence of Jude Law climbing up the spiral DNA sequence that goes on for a very long time, like painfully climbing up. But they do the switcheroo on him, and Uma Thurman is shocked, to, to say the least, that there's two Jeromes, even though I think she kind of saw it coming on some level. Yeah. But Ethan Hawke says in that moment, because uh, the detective gets like, he runs away because they, they caught the, the murdery director. But Ethan Hawke says, he's got to be back. I have to see him. At that point, you start to realize, oh, shit, that's the brother from the beginning of the movie. What are you doing here, Anton? I should ask you that question. I have a right to be here. You don't. (laughs) You almost sound as if you believed that. I committed no murder. You must be disappointed. You've committed fraud. Listen, you're in a lot of trouble, Vincent. I can get you out of here. Do you have any idea what it took to get in here? You've gone as far as you can go. You come with me now. There are still a few million miles left to go. It's over. Is that the only way you can succeed, is to see me fail? I'm telling you. God, even you are going to tell me what I can and can't do now. I like the showdown in Gattaca, and I I like Gattaca. I like that they're, you know, rehashing a lot of their childhood bullshit that's come up. And there's definitely some level of jealousy, right? Because Ethan Hawke has a more prestigious job than his brother, even though he's an invalid. But the swimming, dude. I, Dude, I don't like the swimming <laughs> metaphor at all. I hate it. I fucking hate it. And it's so fucking ridiculous that they're doing this the night before his trip to Titan. They go down to the same beach... Like, they're within driving distance of the same beach and do another chicken swim? I, I hate yeah. it. 
I hated this last little part of the movie. You know what the swimming uh, chicken competition reminded me of? Remember we did a podcast a while back, Pappy, on a movie called Little Giants? Oh, yeah. And like the halftime speech that Rick Moranis gives is about how he used to race his brother Kevin down Cherry Hill every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Except yeah. one time he won. And it's like that one time, if you can do it, that motivation, that's what gets him to win the game in the second half. But I just kept thinking in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, Little Giants, for sure. <laughs> little Giants. Never get anywhere treating your helmet like a lunchbox, son. <laughs> Crunchy or puffed? I don't know, Steve. Am I way off with the swimming? Do you like it? I don't want to. Sh- I I like this movie a lot. I don't want to shit on it too much, but it's it's just fucking ridiculous that they're gonna get butt naked and swim to to prove. What do you something. have against swimming, Pap? I feel like you, you. I feel like you're not a big fan of swimmers. It's a great sport. I love I love watching swimming at like the Olympics or whatever. It's fine, but. I just don't know, like, the obsession with swimming in this movie. Here's the way I look at it. Like, if you're, like, a filmmaker making a movie, use what you have that's free. And whether they were in a pool or in the ocean or a lake or wherever the fuck they were, it probably didn't cost that much. I don't know, dude. It's a pretty extensive, like... Uh, maybe you're right. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be, like, the waters that they're swimming in... Yeah, you're right. It's, it's probably just an effect of, like, a pool... Or something, but it's mm-hmm. fucking dangerous to be doing this. It's a storm. There's a storm. They're swimming out into a storm. Well, I mean, it just exemplifies how Vincent is willing to go the extra mile. Like, I, I don't know. I think that's like. I mean, he said he was willing to die every time he challenged him. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's like he's going beyond his genetics. He's uh, that's what he has. He has bravery. That's why he's better than, or that's why he's stronger than. Than everybody else is, uh, he's brave, I guess, is what the movie is trying to say. Yeah, he has like the superior willpower, which is like something that it makes him him outside of his genetic code. Like, this that's just all like spirit, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. inner strength. And you know, I think, Pappy, I think what you're saying is that it should have been something else to represent that, right? Oh, we also have to realize Pap is a runner. He did he did cross country, so <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, rivalry with a the swimmers. Old-fashioned so. foot yeah. race. <laughs> I was gonna ask Pappy what would be like a, a preferred thing for to to do this. <sighs> See, that's a good question. I don't know. It's almost like why does Ethan Hawke have to prove himself to his brother again? You know, like. I don't know, like a lame example would be like his, like something like with his intellect or something, right? And I guess that is like a, you know, a good theme in the movie that there are elements of the human psyche that you can't just program in, like suicidal tendencies, like bravery. But I don't know. I just don't like, it seems like this like machismo showdown that Ethan Hawke doesn't need to do. He's got to go into space. Like that's his fuck you to his brother. Like, see ya. I'm going to Titan. (laughs) I mean, but then we get back to the beginning of the movie where he just fucking rips his own picture off and just bounces from his house for no reason. He, it's like you can just be happy that you beat your brother in the swim race. You don't got to leave your family. I think it works to have Ethan Hawke save him again, but to do it in the swimming contest just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He does do it like three times. Now I'm talking about like restructuring the movie. Like maybe he saves him from the murdery guy, right? Like Ethan Hawke figures it out before him. Like he's better at his job than he is or something right like, oh that's a good one but you have to make big fundamental changes then to the third act like pull that off yeah there's just something about this movie it's good but i don't know yeah you're right there's just 
just doesn't fully come together, I guess. I'll say this, Gail. Like, the, the fourth time I would have had to watch this in public school, I'd be losing my fucking mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, first, the first time I watch this, it's amazing. And, like, the way the information is told out and, like, thinking about this world, like, the concept is so fucking strong and good and interesting. But maybe I'm getting a little bit nitpicky, Stevie. I'm sorry. It's a good movie. No, no. That story you had, Pappy, about being in school and seeing the same movie... When I was in middle school, we had a sub in science class, and the movie that we watched was Fern Gully. And the sub, I remember him- <laughs> You watched Fern Gully? You watched Avatar in science class? Yeah, we watched Avatar. <laughs> I remember the sub like kind of like complaining about like, well, I'm putting on Fern Gully for the sixth time today or something like that. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, oh, you poor bastard. And like it, it went up to like the point when like- Robin Williams did the rap and then it ended and then like that was the end of class. So like he got to hear Robin Williams rap as a bat over and over again. So I, <laughs> I kind of know what you mean, man. Like I, I can feel that pain. Like early on, I kind of felt bad for that guy. Yeah, that's hell. Yo, the name is Patrick. The magic is erratic. Potato in a jacket. Toys in the attic. I rock and I ramble. My brain is scrambled. Rap like an animal. But I'm a mammal. Okay, I'm afraid in yesterday's news. Do you guys have any uh, final thoughts? Well, you guys talked about how the doctor has always known, right? Because it turns out they're going to test him again right before he gets on the uh, rocket or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he goes to take his test, and he's, you know, uh, Vincent feels he's about to be exposed, but he's not exposed because the doctor's like, kind of gives him like a wink and is like, good luck on your mission and doesn't like run the test or he changes the the results. One of us, one of us. (laughs) The doctor drinks his pee is like, yeah, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, you're pass. (laughs) The doctor is in Terminator 2. He plays uh, Todd, who is John Connor's foster father. And there's another actor in this movie that's also in Terminator 2. It was... uh, you know, Hank from Breaking Bad as, like, the cop that's harassing Jude Law. He's in Terminator 2 as the lead SWAT guy in the Cyberdyne facility attack. So, really, two T2 actors here. I have a question. And again, I feel bad for being so, like, nitpicky, but we said Jude Law's giving Ethan Hawke his pee, his blood, his pubes, and, like, explain the... At one point, Ethan Hawke has to do a blood switcheroo, which doesn't make a lot of sense at the time, but then it does knowing that the, the pee doctor is in on it. And it's like, okay, yeah, he totally just like let that slide. <laughs> the pee doctor. But <laughs> there's like a heart monitor switcheroo at one point. And dude, I don't know if I understand like what's happening there at all. Like Maybe it's just really simple, but Stevie, can you explain that part of it? That part was confusing to me, but even though like the end of that was like one of my favorite shots of the entire movie, the panic attack that Ethan Hawke has, or like the heart. Yeah, attack? there's a it's it's fantastically framed when it shows it like within the locker, like shows him like falling down inside. That's like, awesome. It's just yeah. a really really like well done frame like shot. But um, if I remember correctly, uh, Jude Law or Jude Lau. Um, has a uh, he has like a heart of an ox right he's gonna live forever so he starts you know wheeling like crazy like he's gonna like, wheel a marathon so he can get his heart rate up and are they like artificially recording his heartbeat is that what they're doing yeah they are doing some kind of recording there is he trying to get in sync with his heartbeat like what's the point 
I think he just needs like a recording of a sound of a steady heartbeat, and then he like uses that. Twenty minutes. The audio of that into the, the heart monitor. I mean, since we don't know the technology, we don't really know how that works. But I think even mm. with that said, we can safely say that doesn't make sense. How convenient. We don't know how it works. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> you got us there, Gattaca. Yeah, that's one you got to definitely forgive. And it's one of the things you think they might like kind of explain like a minute after, but they don't. It's just like, all right, moving on. It's just kind of like in service of the story in service of tension that's needed at that particular moment. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't understand, and this is more symbolic, so someone smarter than me will probably know. Jude Law, before he incinerates himself, before he decides to die in the most painful possible way, (laughs) (laughs) he gives a gift to Vincent Ethan Hawke before he takes off to space. He says, you can open it once you're up there in your ship, something like that. He gives him a card and you think there's going to be like, you know, a target gift card in there or something, (laughs) but he opens it up and it's a lock of his hair. Why? I didn't get that. I took that as Jude Law is now a part of it too, right? Like his genetic material is going up because Ethan Hawke says on the last day, I don't need samples where I'm going. So he doesn't have any blood or urine from Jude Law, but that's Jude Law's way of like, yeah, my genome is a part of this and I'm actually going to space too. Ah, okay. I dig that. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I would have preferred if it was a vial of piss, but um (laughs) 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 it's just me. (laughs) Stevie, my last final thought. Do you remember the Wizenator? And the controversy around that? The Wizenator? Dude, I think it was Michael Vick. I'm going to have to look this up, but there was like a professional football player who bought this thing called the Wizenator and it entered. Oh, you use fake pee? Not just a fake pee, a prosthetic penis that you attach over your penis and it has (laughs) pee stored inside (laughs) the balls, like all of us have. um, And it keeps it like a certain temperature, too. (laughs) That's how it works. Yeah. Like, I, I. Getting heavy Wizenator vibes. <laughs> hadn't thought about that in a very long time. All of the stuff that he does, I mean, is it even worth it? Good God, how bad do you want to go die on on Titan? I mean, going through all of this stuff every day, scrubbing yourself down with a fucking rock <laughs> just to go to space and die. You're not coming back, dude. I was kind of hoping we'd get there. Like, not yeah. at the very end, but like at midway through the movie. Like he makes his trip out because like I, I don't know, I had heard about this movie and I you know, knew it was a sci-fi movie, but I was kind of hoping I'd get some like sunshine in space stuff. <laughs> I'm still hung up on sunshine, man. I was expecting it to be way darker for some reason. The, the, just the, the title alone, Gattaca, seems like almost gothic in a way. Like I was expecting something with like, I don't know. Almost vampires or something. I don't know what I was expecting, but... um, Galaga, at least. Right, yeah. yeah. The the name really throws me off. I don't know. Maybe it's because Battlestar Galactica. I thought they'd be on a ship in space. (laughs) No, I'm with you. I I hadn't seen this movie, Gail. I must have went to a different public school, but I thought this was like a space movie just based on the name, and it didn't didn't do well in theaters. Maybe that was... And the movie poster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought James Franco was in it. (laughs) 
that Uma Thurman played James Franco. <laughs> yeah, how did this movie do financially? Uh, what does IMDb say? What did you What did you want to see? How much it made? Yeah, what, the, what were the financials on this movie? Uh, Wikipedia says budget of thirty six million, box office twelve point five. Oh, domestic only. But it killed in the home cassette sales to did it to junior high schools apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is a letterbox review, which I believe is the most liked one by Levi. It says, Jude Law and Ethan Hawke are the gay roommates I never knew I needed. <laughs> I I see movies like Contact. That seems like it would fit the bill in related picks. 12 Monkeys, Equilibrium, Moon. It's like Moon. Now that's a fucking movie. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I like Moon. Uh, maybe it's not so good. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, Moon's awesome. Kevin Spacey's in Moon? He's the robot. Oh, he's the voice. Mm-hmm. Ontario Smith, by the way, in 2005, used a prosthetic penis called the Wizenator to cheat an NFL drug test. And it failed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got caught. Uh, right. Wrong color. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> okay, on that note, let's go into yes or no's. Um... <laughs> Actually, before that, Pap, do you have anything you want to read? Any reviews for us come down? Yeah, and I have a trivia. Actually, a very quick trivia. That oh, I'll see I that then. Got... Oh, son no, of no, a no, bitch. We'll do yes or no's first, but this was confirmed by a real professor of biology to, to get this answer. Um, but this is helpful if you're listening to spoilers or Big Dumb Movie or any podcast. You can now leave comments on episodes. And it was a short comment. Love the pod, fellas. But what caught my eye was the submitter, Talking Thrones. And I don't know if this is like the YouTube channel, Talking Thrones. But if it is, dude, I've been watching your videos for years now. Since like back in like peak Game of Thrones days. So if this is really you, that was like an awesome moment for me. Because I've listened to so much of your content. If you listen to spoilers. But do uh, try and interact with us if you're listening on Spotify. Leave a comment. uh, Vote in the polls. I think it does help. But Talking Thrones, guys. Loves the pod. Big news. Talking Thrones listens to spoilers. That would be crazy. That That is a huge YouTube channel. Like I said, that, that would be like the first time where it's like, dude, someone I know of, other than like Aunt Tipson, who reached out to us on Twitter for Call Me Daddy. That was, or is that what it called, was called, Stevie? Call Me Daddy? The Elijah Wood one? Uh, Yeah, Call Me Daddy. Yeah. yeah that was cool. But yeah. Or it, Come it, to Daddy. Come to Daddy. Come to Daddy. Yeah, that was cool. Like when the director Daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for Talking Thrones, if you're a spoilers listener, let us know. Let us know if it's okay to publish that comment. I don't want to publish it without your permission, but I would love to, to put that on our, our episode. Cool. Um, let's do yes or no's, then we'll do Paps Trivia. Does that sound good? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Let's start. Let's go east to east to east this time. Um, I'll go first. Um, actually, I, I'm east right, Pap? I think. I don't know. You can go first. You did a good job. <laughs> you hosted. You go yeah, first. Yeah, I'm terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll give this an extremely hard yes. I absolutely love the look of this film. I think the acting is brilliant. I think the writing is really strong. I think the directing and just, I guess you could say the cinematography of this movie is really strong for a simple fact. It's supposed to be in the near future. And like you guys hit on before, it does have a futuristic look to it, but one that's not kind of like the 90s punk era, like Corey said. Um, and it's just a really fun movie to watch. And this, like a movie like this to me, I think would do really well. I say this all the time about movies I like from the nineties, but 
do really well as a short series or as a mini series on Netflix or HBO. Um, but I'll give this an extremely hard yes. Gail, thank you so much for picking this movie. I hadn't seen it since I was about nine or 10 years old and watching this again, like as a grown adult was really neat. So hard. Yes. This is Pappy Kalamazoo, Michigan, like the Primus song. Uh, yeah. Thanks again, Gail, for being a Patreon. We love that you interact with us on Instagram. Um, Hope you like the spoilers man name. I might, we might change it to Galaga if you're cool with that. Um, but this is a definite hard yes. And I, I feel bad for coming across a little bit negative on the podcast. I, I want to like really re-emphasize the strengths. This movie is freaking cool. Like it's a really cool concept. It's a really interesting story. Like this feels like a thing that's going to really happen. Like one of the IMDb facts was this was voted by NASA astronauts is like the most realistic sci-fi movie of all time. And I don't know. It's, it's a really mm. scary thought to think that like how this is going to play out because it will play out for a hundred percent sure in our lifetime. Um, there are just a couple things that annoy me about it. And honestly, first and foremost, it's the fucking yellow. Like I, I know it might be like a little thing, but I, I think there's a couple cool shots, but that yellow is just so fucking ugly to me. And it's in so much of the movie, like the entire flashback. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand that choice at all, but yeah, a, a really cool movie a really cool concept. I think Stevie, you're onto something too. Like you could like really build out this world a little bit more in like a 10 episode, mm-hmm. 10 hour series. You could see like what it's really like to be an invalid, um, living in this time, but, uh, definite hard. Yes. Great pick. Gail. Uh, Mikey from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, yeah. I'll also have to say hard. Yes. Um, it does come with its faults, but, uh, I think like the bones are there. Like, uh, it's a very interesting concept. It's definitely going to happen. Like, uh, we've mentioned, and I mean, I, I, I feel like th- we're 50% there. I feel like, uh, they already can test embryos for, uh, diseases and stuff like that previous or, uh, before you take them to term or whatever. So, uh, it's very relevant it's uh very interesting it's high high concept stuff um and it's uh interesting to think and talk about it's like to think of the scenarios because uh i mean (laughs) there was only like a five second scene but like this kid gets denied insurance just to go to this preschool (laughs) because they're afraid he's gonna fall down and like just die apparently so we can't take insurance yeah dude insurance is what it is nowadays and it's fucking crazy man so scump mom would have handled that (laughs) (laughs) it's just a really it's 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 gonna be a super relevant concept in a very near future uh so it's interesting to see a movie talk about stuff like that but um yeah, the plot, I just thought, mm, I didn't really like the murder mystery aspect to it. I feel like I didn't need that. I felt like it, uh, we could have gone sort of like an iRobot route. Stevie, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, with, iRobot plays with, like, we now have artificial intelligence robots, and now Gattaca could sort of deal with, like, we now have genetic engineering Mm-hmm. is just as prevalent as the robots in uh, in that Will Smith yeah. movie. But it's they just the same question, those two movies, yeah, right? 
Yeah, so, uh, I, I don't know. And yeah, aesthetically, it is kind of hard to watch in some scenes because it is so kind of jarring and bold in its direction, but it is a good movie. I do like it a lot, so it's a hard yes. Thank you for the movie, Gail. Um, I don't know how much you donated, but it, like, yeah, we appreciate all of that. So great, great movie. Uh, I just wish the, the plot was slightly different and what it was. All right. This is Corey Kylo Ren memes. I'm going to give this one a yes, but it's a regular yes or like a low end. Yes. I don't think this is like the greatest sci-fi movie ever. And I kind of just thought it would be, I was like, Oh shit. I'm in a big Ethan Hawke mode right now. It's a nineties movie. It's a sci-fi movie that I haven't seen. The movie kicks off. It gives you some breadcrumbs in the beginning. Then it tells you what it is. It's about eugenics cool fucking concept it's great i love it i like the retro future although i do think pappy i might take a video of this movie and change like a, uh, the filter on top of it just to see if i like it better because you're probably right about that um, i remember during the flashbacks thinking like oh the yellow signifies the past his flashbacks and then it's like oh it's it's still yellow all right it's still yellow <laughs> <laughs> everything's yellow uh, if i had to lodge one complaint about this movie it's that it's anticlimactic mm. there's tension at times in this movie but it does not build to this big release there is a twist I don't think it's a big twist but if there is a twist but I, I think the the climax of this movie should have given me a huge breath of relief and it didn't do that I'm glad that the hero succeeded the journey was pretty cool, but more importantly than the journey of this guy, I think is the world, this, this world of eugenics and how it affects people. Cause this is just one story within this world. This is one man's particular exceptional story, but I think the world of Gattaca is a pretty interesting place. And it's no wonder to me that in the world of Star Trek, they address eugenics and uh, eugenics like this is illegal in the world of Star Trek because it creates an underclass just like it did here that leads to genocide. That's why Khan is such a um, imposing villain, at least one of the reasons. There's a lot of cool things about Khan. I'm sure you guys know the name Khan, right? Uh, he was a genetically engineered being and all of his, um, his crew or his companions are also genetically engineered. So they're superior and they basically just want to they want to dominate. They feel that they're superior. They want to take over. You get a lot of this kind of stuff in X-Men as well with like the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Like to them, everyone else is inferior and they don't need to exist because they're just going to try to come after you for being superior. So you got to take them out first. This movie is in the uh, baby steps direction of that. It's just starting so far with there being an underclass, but it's, you know, in this world, when you watch it, it's going to lead to violence. Anyway, it is a yes for me, though. So, there we have it. Awesome, awesome. I think it's yeses all around. Very cool. Um, Pap, we got trivia? Yes, we do. It's just going to be a closest to... We're going to do prices Right rules, though, so you can't go over just to spice it up a little bit. I had this confirmed by a biology professor in the great state of Wisconsin uh, to make sure I wasn't, wasn't off base here. But the letter symbols that Gattaca 
plays with. And like Mikey mentioned, the, the letters are all nucleotides that are the building blocks of DNA and the building blocks of all of us. And, you know, they're adren- adenoline, adenine, adenine, guanine, cytosine, and um, what was it, thymine? Thymine, yes. Methamphetamine for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but the question I asked him and got an answer back, how many nucleotides does the human DNA sequence contain? So we mapped the human genome. I don't know if that's what that means. But how many of those A, C, G, and Ts are there in the human DNA sequence? Price is right rules. Jeez. Closest to Stevie, you seem to know what the letters stand for, so I think you're like in the best position here. We'll have you go first. Um, you can guess to the to the tenth power if you wish, but that makes things so confusing for me. So I prefer that you didn't. But how many nucleotides? Um, I feel like I may be way off either way. Um, so I'll say it's nucleotides right now. I'm talking like mm-hmm. okay. So, I don't fucking know, dude. I'll say 100 million. 100 million. Okay. Go Mikey next. Uh, 36,000. 36,000. Playing the price is right strategy. I bet my pinky toe, bro. <laughs> Last but not least, Corey. Well, let's see. I have watched The Island of Dr. Moreau recently. Mm. So that tells me that uh, Tamora Morrison has more range than I thought, just as Boba Fett. But I know nothing about what you're talking about. I don't understand most of the words you said, to be honest. I didn't go to a university. I pronounced that them so well. That comes out every trivia. It's revealed more and more how stupid I actually am. So, I'm going to go with, like, I like it in prices right when someone says this. One dollar. One nucleotide. <laughs> it's a big one. One big one. It's fucking giant. It's <laughs> the actual retail price of nucleotides. Three billion in the human Damn. genome. Stevie, you are the closest, and Josh loves when I say this, but probably off by the most in the history of spoilers. <laughs> uh, but you're the winner. Let's go. Um, what, what, what do I get, Pap? Uh, hot take. Hot take. Time in the winter circle. Hot take on Gattaca. Shout out Gale again. You know, the normal things. Um, this isn't a sound like boomer talk, but I'm really hoping superhero movies go away for a while. Like, I don't mind a superhero movie every now and then, but whatever Marvel's trying to sloppily build, whatever the hell DC is doing with. Zachary Levi and The Rock. I think everyone got fired, right? DC has been restructured, yes. <laughs> For the like, fourth time, right? This is like the fourth time we're doing this. Um, but quite but frankly... they got someone good this time. Quite frankly, I think the building of universes has hit a wall. And I think it's just time to end it. If you want to do a Batman movie here or there, do a, a one-off origin story here or there, fine. But having to watch TV shows and movies, and more TV shows, and movies to understand what's going on in a world has just become exhausting. Um, I'm just sick of it. So the more original IP we can get in there, the better. 
And um, yeah, I'm. Uh, it's just roundabout way of me saying, I think the general public as well has become exhausted with superhero movies that aren't named Spider-Man or Batman. So that's my two cents. <laughs> Good hot take. I like it. Yeah, notice we don't review a lot of modern Marvel movies anymore. No. <laughs> kind of got burned out. No. I, I saw John Wick. That's a pretty good movie, and that's almost three hours long. So I can't wait and to see I that. Hate, I hate wait. long movies. So that's it. a pretty high recommendation for me. Yeah, that's pretty sick. You should do all the John Wicks. That would be more fun. Ooh, that would be fun. That would Ooh, be fun. Uh, what, what, what tier of patrons get to request that? Um, I think you got to be uh, Rock Hard Vigo Mortensen, but you could request We need all someone to sign up for the Patreon. Become a rock hard Viggo Mortensen and request the whole John Wick series as a review episode. I mean, it'll be four episodes, but still, do that. You can drop us right after. It's been done many times in the history of spoilers. <laughs> yeah, NBA Star Wars. I still think. I, I mean, I still think John Wick is one of the movies that started this podcast. I really do. Mm-hmm. So, very cool. Anyway, thanks again, Gail, for picking this movie and let us talk about it. Um, really fun. And um, that was spoilers. Special thank you to our patrons, Gail. And keep in mind, this child is still you. Simply the best of you. Matt Troll. Maybe it was a love of the planets. Maybe it was just my growing dislike for this one. But for as long as I can remember, I have dreamed of going into space. Brother Brian. My father was right. It didn't matter how much I lied on my resume. My real resume was in my cells. Druid King. We now have discrimination down to a science. Nick. I was never more certain of how far away I was from my goal than when I was standing right beside it. The Meg. After all, there is no gene for fate. Nurse Stacy. They don't care where you were born, just how. Blood has no nationality. The Wolf. Ow, ow, ow. I took my mind off the pain by reminding myself that when I eventually did stand up, I'd be exactly two inches closer to the stars. Barky 420. For someone who was never meant for this world, I must confess, I'm suddenly having a hard time leaving it. PK! Congratulations. Well, what about the interview? That was it. Spencer. Only one of the mission directors has ever come close to discovering my true identity. Strange to think he may have more success exposing me in death than he ever did in life. Swole. I need you to be yourself for the day. I was never very good at it, remember? If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Be sure to check out Corey's podcast, Big Dumb Movie. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit.
Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. That was spoilers.